Everyone in the neighborhood saw those Christmas lights up and they're yeah. still lit. Yep. At night. Do you not like that? I mean, it's over. We've been there. We did it. Yeah, but it's still like really dark. So I'm like, I'm okay with seasonal lighting being up. Do you have seasonal effect? I don't. I, <laughs> no, I just. Are you sad? Well, yes, but that's. Do you, do you need a sadness lamp <laughs> to, to simulate sadness lamp. the sun in your office? <laughs> no. We can get you one. Listen, you all are making. First off, sad is a real thing. <laughs> you should not make fun. We're not laughing at sad. We're laughing You're, at you. You are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Specifically you. All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazarok with me as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCartan. Still here, still pretty successful. Great. Welcome back. You know, it's been yeah. a week. It's, <laughs> it's been, a week. been a week. It has been a week, yes. Patrick and I are both a little under the weather. Yes. So we apologize for whatever it is that you're hearing right now. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Haven't apologized to me yet, who was fine before this recording. <laughs> you're still fine. Yeah. Yeah, we could sound a little off. Our energy levels might be a little low. I'm right there. I'm ready to bring it. Okay. Yeah, I'm hopped up on Sudafed. Right now. <laughs> it's sure. not actually. You yeah. said you were taking muse next. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's not Sudafed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different thing. I don't it's know. much lamer. It but is. you know, it's uh, the old <laughs> winter sniffles, I guess. Right. Hmm. Yeah, except I'm not sniffling. I'm coughing. Well, close enough. <laughs> okay, but trying to be special. <laughs> All right, let's just jump right in. Uh, I've got a news story for us here. All right, have you ever texted anybody and gotten? Lol back. LOL? LOL. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I sent it like five minutes ago. You you lulled somebody? I lull people all the time. Yes. Funny enough, our church initials is lol. It is. Yes. Yep. I lull people a lot. Yes. Lord of life, laugh out loud. All right, so. We were Lord of life before laugh out loud was a thing. I just want to say. That's true. We had it first. Right. All right. Back off society. <laughs> this is ours. Uh, are you nervous if somebody responds to something you wrote with a lull? They're not actually laughing out loud. Am I nervous that they're not yeah. actually? Is, is, oh, I know it, they're not actually laughing out loud. Well, I sometimes I'm nervous that it's like a huh, like that it's a sarcastic laugh or LOL. But I'm not. I don't in any way think that anybody's actually laughing out loud. No, I mean I think it's, it's a conversation ender, right? It's like I don't really want to be involved in this conversation, but I don't want to be rude, yeah. so it's I'm the, just gonna yeah, say Haha. the the lowercase LOL. That's the ner- that's the one that I'm like ooh. That they are. They do not with appreciate a period this. at the end. Ooh, right. That's, it's like okay. Period. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Should Should I be nervous that because no one is actually laughing out loud when they say that? What about the laughing emoji? Uh, I'm. That's I'll, usually a little I'm bit almost better. never actually in tears when I send the the yeah. laughing crying face. I have to send like 15 exclamation points for it to be like I am actually like sure or a video laughing. video of myself actually sure. doing this thing. Do Look, you do that? Sure. Why not? Here's me, here like, is me actually laughing, laughing yeah. out loud at your joke. Ha! <laughs> that's, that's how well, I laugh. here's a device maybe for you that you might be interested in. A device. Seems unlikely yes. that I want this. Uh, I will only let you respond <laughs> with LOL if you actually LOL in real Oh, life. it's going to keep you honest. I yeah. hate this. I hate <laughs> yeah. everything about it. No, the best part about texting is you don't have to be honest. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Let's back up and talk about this. I feel like we need to break that down a little bit. <clears throat> the whole point of texting is that you don't have to be honest. Which is not the whole point, the best part. The best part about texting, right? Okay. Because if you're on the phone with somebody, I need to go back and like voice... reevaluate every conversation I've ever had with you via text message. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. You don't want to know how often I'm lying to you. Well, like your, your voice inflection and your tone is much harder. We've also texted to be like sarcastic or something. Right. And the other person took it as either serious or offensive. Yeah. Right. Yep. 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 Usually I send those to my mom. That's usually what happens. <laughs> my Classic. bad mom. Well, maybe this was. Yeah, so this is a dice you plug into your computer, and if it you want to respond, LOL, it will detect the sound of laughing. And if there is. Who's sending a text message from their computer? Yeah. Well, you could be I am. 
this what is, is this? crazy. This is yeah. 1997. Come on. All right. And um, it will give you a verified green check mark. They did laugh out loud. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so this is like the Twitter check mark that I get the uh-huh. verification that mm-hmm. I actually am who I say I am and I actually laughed out loud. Right. Okay. Is this a subscription service or is this a one time fee? Um, well, I'm not sure this is actually on sale yet, but oh, it is an adventure. Okay. That is, you know, maybe it exists in the world. Maybe Shark Tank is going to pick this one up. What's sure. the point of this I technology? I see Mark Cuban being on this. What's the point of any technology, really? So, <laughs> you know, he's maybe usually to make things better, but I'm not sure that that does that. I'm not. I would sure probably that... argue the other way. I want to be dishonest with my laugh out louds. Wow. Well, you I'm could maybe, a lot maybe about you could fake laugh. You know, you'd have to do that. <laughs> 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 it's like a golf laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, like a golf clap, you, uh, you, right, yeah. like, you don't really clap. You're polite, but you right. don't actually mean it. Yeah, right. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, it did require him uh, recording hundreds of laughter samples sure. and training the AI model to... Take- Only hundreds? I feel like there's lots more ways to laugh <laughs> right. than that. I mean, hundreds <clears throat> could be up to 999. I understand what hundreds means. That's a lot of laughter <laughs> samples, okay? There's a lot of ways in which uh, you can laugh. Like how, that. Did he get that one? Probably. How diverse is the laughter? Mm, excellent question. This is a good question. I don't know. Do we cover laughter from different languages? Sure. Because in English, it's H-A-H-A-H-A, but in Spanish, it's J-A-J-A-J-A. Oh, my and, gosh. You, know, you got to be careful for that. <clears throat> sure. This, these, are, these are the questions <laughs> we need answered here about the laughter box. Yep. Uh, also, you had to detect um, non-laughter sounds, which is keyboard clicks, background noise, and silence. What if I want to roll on the floor laughing out loud? Will it actually detect if I right. roll on the floor? Maybe, maybe this is where you need to get your computer camera involved. Right. And this was how, a many, person how many samples of me rolling, rolling on the floor is it going to need <laughs> to know if I'm rolling on the floor or not? And they're like, he could be laughing out loud, could be a seizure. It's hard to say. <laughs> you, just, you get a check mark. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was real. Those were honest laughs. They were not a bot laughing for yes us. Right. we don't have any right. bot uh, laughter <clears throat> on our podcast not yet we're not nearly uh advanced enough or <laughs> involved enough to go back and invest in um did we just have like a ding come through our whole thing <laughs> what was computer. that yeah. wow oh. yes. did everybody uh, get to hear that or was that just us is your software system updated maybe <laughs> maybe it's my laugh out loud yeah did it detect <laughs> right. that you had detected, yeah it was a genuine laugh well, we well you did hear some laughs so yes ding 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 you got you laughed maybe we could do this for the podcast right we say a joke don't you want to hear it in real time people are listening and like it's just coming back to you yes yeah. they like that that was I, a, we need a laugh track i was gonna say at a minimum we need a laugh track yeah. that was a yeah. laughter moment there. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, there's our laugh track yeah we can get Rick, uh, the office manager up here, to hold like applause signs. And, yes, like, for our for massive our... audience that's in the room. Yes, we do have an well, audience. But we needed, you know, again, they can't see the applause signs. <laughs> so we needed either an audio cue or Rick, be where they are. Mm. <laughs> right. Let us know where you listen to the podcast. Rick will come to Rick you. Rick will come to you. And yes. hold up an applause sign at the appropriate times. <laughs> yes. You'll see, he'll sink in to whatever you're listening yeah. to. Like, well, let's press play at the same time. I heard and an then, interview once with the guy who like invented the laugh track, uh-huh. and like he feels like it destroyed a lot of like TV comedy and things like Probably. that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you went from like having genuine live reactions and like also genuine bombs to like everything's perfect now. And right. you just, if it doesn't take, you just do it again, or you just throw in a laugh track to make it sound like it was funnier than it was. And right. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Here's another fun fact about the laugh track. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's fun. It's uh, a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. Uh, they don't record those anymore. So those laugh yeah, tracks those are all, were all yeah. recorded super long ago. So you could be listening when you're hearing a laugh track, dead people's laughter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. From like the so 60s and 70s spooky. is when those, yeah. Spooky, yeah. Right? Yep. 
All right. Uh, let's get. We're gonna get to our main talk, but before we get there, I actually I'm starting something new with the podcast. You didn't. Oh. You did, y'all didn't know about this. No surprise. Yeah, surprise. Welcome this is, to. <laughs> this is a grievance I have against the Christian community. Oh my goodness. And, and, Are uh, we doing an airing of grievances yes, corner? Yeah, okay. Oh, be, I love this. If you have it, well, I have so many grievances. Today is mine, but y- oh. if y'all next oh, future right, podcast. Okay. If you want to prepare a grievance, you can. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Tell but us your does it have to be a grievance against the Christian community? Just well, a grievance in general. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's like we're a grievance a against my local grocery podcast, store. So I mean, that's really what. We're okay, so for. not any grievance, but grievance against the Christian church. Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. okay, I so got this. This is a thing I saw on a TikTok through Instagram. Like, Excellent. Because I'm old. Great. So that's how I watch my TikToks. Yeah, that's how I do it through Instagram Reels. Uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm older than you in my head, so I actually watch TikToks through Facebook. Facebook. So Facebook. yeah, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Oh, the Facebook Reels are the worst. I know, right? They yeah. They're so awful. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing I saw several times, and I even saw it on the Reddit Christianity subreddit. So made me so angry. Okay. okay. Mm. What do we got? So here's the gist of it. Okay. If you lost your faith. Yeah, in Jesus, uh-huh. because of like something your church did, uh-huh. your faith was in people, not in Jesus. Okay, mm. what do we think here? That was the stance. That was the stance. Okay. That's the statement. Yeah, your faith was in people, not in Jesus. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think yeah. it could be true, but I don't think that that. I don't think that one proves the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are related, but not uh, causal. Uh, situation like I for a lot of people it probably is sure. inaccurate like you know you were hurt by an individual yes but I think oftentimes what happens is that church is doing that in the name of Jesus so you're f- interpreting that as being hurt by Jesus sure mm-hmm. uh, well yeah. I mean you know a pastor is standing in the gap right between yep you know the congregation and God I mean they're supposed to be yep. representing in a sense Jesus on Sunday morning so that that has the connotation to I, it I don't deny that yeah I don't know that it like makes me angry, but I don't feel like it's helpful. Like well, I, I feel like it's another way of like Christians trying to like justify bad behavior. Almost it, it makes me angry because mm-hmm. I feel like it is one victim blaming, right? Like yep. it says like, oh, your church did this awful like sex scandal or mm, you sure. know things like that, and you were so hurt either directly or indirectly yeah. that your faith was shaken or shattered from that, and it's like well, that's your fault. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's what it, it sounds is. like, right? Like, well, you didn't have enough faith to right. withstand that. And that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> also, I mean, like, Jesus is going to tell people, like, when he talks about children, he's like, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, and that could be children, it could be somebody young in the faith, yep. it's better to have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. I mean, Which Jesus, is a heavy mm-hmm. stone. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, drowning. That's what but it implies. <laughs> You can cause little ones to stumble. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that is an op- that is a possibility. The church can has that power to cause people yep. to have their faiths rocked, even shattered. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are possibilities. And so for me, I don't think it's right theologically. It also has that air of like, well, you should have just believed harder. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and, and, it, and it, I think it also absolves the church of like real like we can't, it, like when those things happen. It has real detrimental effects on a Christian community. It's not just like, well, that was sad. Mm-hmm. It potentially, you know, again, whatever your thoughts on the afterlife could potentially, you know, eternal effects. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, you know, those things can happen. So, um, so I think it ho- hopefully should hold us to a higher standard when people say, my church hurt me so bad I had to walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not, well, you should have just believed in Jesus more. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that like, I'm, I'm fully with you. I don't want to like dismiss your grievance. I think your grievance is perfectly legitimate. Sure. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where in a pastoral context of like having a 
pastoral care conversation with someone and like helping them explore the hurt that they've had. Yeah. Helping them see like, okay, this this hurt that you've had maybe wasn't maybe wasn't actually God. Like maybe this was a false representation of God. And sure. you know, like and like I think there's a way that that is a helpful exercise in that care. It's not helpful to throw that up on TikTok and be like, all you suck because you don't believe, sure. like you believe in, like that's not helpful. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I'm with you. Grievance acknowledged. There's my Boom. grievance. Okay. We need like a judge's gavel sound. Dung, dung. No, wait, that's law and order. That's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to put a. Uh, I just, I just did it. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. he's got it. There. Um, all right, let's get to our main topic. So we're, we have a little disclaimer on <laughs> this one. So if you're in the car with young ears. Sure. Maybe. Maybe old ears. Maybe Who pause knows? this one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe with your parents. Probably you don't want to talk about this with your parents. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. give this. Our parents one. listen, so that's gonna be great. That's, that's gonna be yeah, great. Yeah. That's be fun for My us. Parents, <sighs> so Patrick's gonna say whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> no, no shame. Problem. Um. So again, this may be something you want to like. Hey, listen l- first. Listen first. Listen yeah. first. Because yeah. we're also so this is recording this beforehand. We don't know what direction this is gonna go. Yep. Yeah. Could go any direction. All right. But this is from I'm our friends. I'm pretty confident it's going to be okay. But yeah, yeah listen this first. This is from our friends uh, at Christianity Today. Okay. Mm. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Our it's been a friends. minute. Welcome back yes. in the new year. Yeah. I mean, they're not our best friends, but they're friends. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, what's up with weird Bible sex? That's the headline. This does not seem like a Christianity Today headline. It does not. I'm going to give them some props to this. This is not that seem was like they're, they're, grabby. They're, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> By Drew Johnson. <laughs> Yeah. Why you so should. this is the real problem with this topic is not that it's going to be inappropriate, but that we all have the maturity of a twelve-year-old, and it's we can't like help ourselves but laugh at every possible. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we're going to do it. You've been forewarned. I believe in myself. Yeah. I can do this. Uh, the the subheadline: uh, Why you shouldn't skip over the R-rated parts of Genesis. Oh, okay. just of Genesis. So well, specifically Genesis. Well, so this is There's a lot um, of weird stuff out there. Yeah, got to start. I didn't somewhere. realize that there was that much up front. So the, yeah, this is a series that this uh, Drew Johnson has been writing um, about Genesis. Gen- his Genesis January. So it's like <laughs> hey. what? Genesis January. Yeah. Well, it's it's like hey, you understand that G and J are not the same letter, it's, right? It's, it's, it's a, alliteration ish. Uh, alliter- alliteratively adge- adjacent. It yeah. Sounds. It's like dry January. There's Genesis January. Yeah. It. It, it's it's the idea of like, hey, it's a new year. People are like, I want to read the Bible. Genesis. Genesis. So Do it's it. like, hey, let's let's kick off Genesis. So this is okay. kind of his second part in that series. Okay. Part okay. two. What part was part? Two. What was part one? I don't know. Okay. Part two. <laughs> part one's headline did not capture me. Fair enough. <laughs> you know? I didn't think like uh, Mr. Johnson. You need to try again. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. So if you're starting a Bible reading plan in Genesis, well, buckle up because Genesis might be the most sexually wild book in the Old Testament. There's crazy stuff in there, I, and I'm New I Testament it, too. Apparently. All right, like, yeah. can we? All right, let's do a quick review of weird. Are we going to get to this, or do we want to like just do this off the cuff? Because I, I remember that a lot. We can think of yeah, weird. All right, okay. so straight just off Genesis or in the Bible, just off Genesis. Okay. That's oh, what that's oh. where Mr. Johnson is. We got to stay in Genesis. Noah's whole tent situation. Noah has a weird tent situation with his youngest son. Son. Yep. He sees him naked. Yep. Oh, uh, I missed that part. That's too. Noah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sees him naked, and I think something happens. We don't know. The Sunday yeah. school that I went to might have glossed over some of these details. Probably all of them. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's uh, see. Oh, Lot before and we his get that, daughters. Sure. There's a lot in the incestuous daughters. Yeah. Um, before we even get to Noah, though, we've got uh, the sons of God who like have intercourse with the women of uh, the land, yes. and so we're yes. like, what does that mean? The, who are the sons of God? The what is Nephilim. this? A Nephilim. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we've got Abraham uh, and Sarah, and they. 
like have the or they make Hagar, who's the slave girl, have Abraham's son. And That's before right. that, they're traveling. Oh yeah. And, and Abraham is like, Hey, Sarai is my sister. Twice. And and the king or the you know, royal of the land takes Sarai as his wife. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and then God like brings down a plague, once on Egypt and once on the other place. Yeah, it happens two different times. Yeah, and they don't learn their lesson. They, yep. they do it again. Uh yeah. Uh Potiphar, uh not Potiphar, uh, Potiphar's wife tries uh-huh. to uh molest Joseph and Joseph gets in trouble for it. Um, one of Jacob's daughters, Dinah, is raped. Yep. And her brothers respond with massacre. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then another but one. But like, they like lure them in, like trap them, and then massacre them. Like yes. it's Yeah, it's real. And another real one of Jacob's sons sleeps with his mother-in-law. That sounds right. Yeah. Judah. Tamar? Daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law. Yeah. I was going to say, that happens Judah's... in the New Testament. In the letter from Paul, that that's we, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah, Ju- Judah, uh, Judah's son is supposed to marry Tamar. The son dies. Next son up is uh, supposed to marry Tamar because that's the tradition, right? So that oh, son dies. Yeah. Both of those uh, they died before they consummated the relationship. Third son is young, and so it, uh, Judah's like, "Oh well, Tamar, you have to wait for my third son to be an appropriate age." And he comes of age, but Judah does not give him in marriage, and it gets yeah. weird. Oh, weirder. Weirder, yeah. She dresses up as a prostitute and yep. seduces Judah. So. Oh, that's Woo! great. Yeah, I remember this one. Uh-huh. It's a little bit of a girl power moment, right? Yeah. yeah. There's lots of good things in the story. It's a weird story. Weird, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we're saying. And then, of course. And this is all just Genesis. This is all the first and then, of course, 50 so chapters of the Bible. In the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, oh, yeah, there's we have a, a group of men yep. decide to want to gang rape an angel. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is it. Is it Sodom and Gomorrah? Is it another point where, in trying to uh, prevent that from happening, they offer their daughters? That's, yeah, that's Sodom, that's Sodom and Gomorrah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants. Uh, you know. It's like here, gang rape my daughters instead of this visitor that I have. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's better. Better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <sighs> okay, so what we're saying is, yeah, that's weird. Those are weird stories, right? Like those are mm-hmm. all odd, weird, and I think this is interesting because sometimes you know, Christianity definitely has like a a sexual ethic attached to it. Sure. Um, you know, some based on scripture, some based on ourselves, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You know, we this is what we think. Uh, but when the Bible kind of discu- discusses and dives deeper into these things, it is a weird, murky place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Rarely do we see, and almost hard-pressed do we see, kind of a, a, a sexualized couple who you would you would point to and be like, they're doing it right, right? Like they right. got, it, they they're they're making the right choices. Yeah. Uh, almost never do we kind of pick up on that, right? Like the Bible is somewhat void of romance in yep. reality. Yeah. yeah. Like I like to say that the Bible has a lot to say about sex, but not in the way you think it does. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Again, if you're looking to the Bible and you're like, what are the biblical examples of a healthy relationship? Uh, good luck. And like, <laughs> you're not going to be living. If you lived according to the relationships as demonstrated in the Bible, yeah. you're not going to be living according to what we in modern society would consider to be a healthy right. sexual sure. ethic. Yep. And, and and I would even probably venture, I think the author of Genesis does not consider these things to be a healthy no, sexual ethic. Yeah, no, th- yeah, I don't think that this yeah. is, yeah. yeah. I think we read it wrong when we look to the Bible and say, these are models of healthy relations. I don't think that's its intent. Yeah. Its intent is to show this is the depravity of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, a plain reading of Genesis, well, definitely, you know, this is... Just as scandalous and uh, and weird and sometimes off-putting as like, you know, a Game of Thrones episode, mm. you know, or things like sure. that that has like weird things going on. I mean, we've got, we've covered it all, right? Like incest, rape, uh, 
gang rape, yep. yeah. um, murder attached to sexual ethics, yeah. you know, plagues, all these things kind of going on in the first book of the Bible. Yep. And so you did not learn about these things in Sunday school, right? Like these were mm, no. glossed over. Yeah. I mean, you probably heard some of these stories, but you did not learn this part of the story, right? Like you heard Noah, right? But right. You, but you didn't hear what happened after the flood or, or after they were all back on land. Uh, right. And you heard about Abraham and Sarah. You might have even heard about Hagar, but you didn't like delve into the fact that, you know, Abraham like forced this woman to have a relationship with him and, you know, all the stuff that happened. At, like, yeah. yeah, it was glossed over is a helpful way to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even right away at the creation story, we have two naked human beings. Yeah. The Bible describes them coming together as one flesh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right away. You know, we have a sexual Boom. act uh, immediately happening in the story, in the creation story. So. You, you look like you had something to say. I'm just. I'm, I mean, there's no TV, so what else are they going to do? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking through the creation story a little bit. That's all. Yeah. yeah. All right. No other comments on that. All right. Um. So maybe the first question is, why does the Bible have all this stuff in it? Good question. Because this is not like this is not fit for like what we would consider like Christian ears, right? Sure. Like, mm-hmm. like if if uh, if you were reading, you know, if you grew up in a you know, a fundamentalist or, you know, a puranical household and you were reading a book that had all these things in it, that would be against the rules, right? Like right. these would not be like on board. So why does, why does the Bible have all this stuff? Does uh, Mr. Johnson have anything to say about that? Or are you looking for, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for y'all questions. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I think a piece of this is demonstrating the, de- the depravity of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. That um, one way in which we experience the brokenness of our relationship with God is through the brokenness of our relationships with one another. And all of these stories, in one way or another, demonstrate uh, humanity's desire to have power and authority uh, over others, uh, to control others. And in all of these situations, things end up worse than had they given control up to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you know, these stories, I think, in one way, are like real things that we can relate to because we see these things happen all the time, and all of them are demonstrations of our brokenness and our desire to control and have power over other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's possible too, that maybe we have more cultural hangups about the subject today sure. than they did then. I mean, we've talked before about how the ancient Israelites lived much closer to death and mortality yeah. and that sort of thing than we do today. So I imagine it's probably the same for sex as well. Um, so I think, you know, the examples that we've given in Genesis specifically, I do think are there to sort of, highlight things not going well and depravity but i think throughout the bible whenever there are like sexual situations and stuff i don't know that it's always depravity that's being highlighted yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking about that i i am hard pressed to find a sexualized relationship that is lifted up as healthy I think well, there's an entire book. Your best options so, Song of Solomon, are yeah. Song of Solomon and yeah. Ruth and Boaz. Right. Those sure. are your best options. Yeah, I get yeah. Right. And even Ruth and Boaz is, is, a, little weird. is a little weird, right? Yeah. Like it ends in a good place, but it's a little weird. And yeah. so, yeah, I hear that. But I, I think, yeah, I just have to think more about that. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think they probably were much closer to it and had different but fewer hangups mm-hmm. uh, about the conversation, right? Like, right. It wasn't out of context for them to hear this because this was part of their lived experience right right people were at war with one another and when you went to war with one another you had nations who 
raped and pillaged the other, right? Like mm-hmm. this was an experience that people had and understood and, and in a way that we do not, right? right. Yeah. I don't live in fear of my neighborhood being pillaged and right. my wife being raped. Like that, that's right. just not a fear that I have. For sure. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that's, I guess, good and bad about the book of Genesis is it's definitely depicting a world as is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a prehistoric world in a lot of ways, like mm-hmm. like depicting it like in, in truth. And so I think when we get in, in trouble is when we look to the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, the Lots in the story and start thinking that though they are the main character of that section of Genesis, they're not really heroes of faith sure. in a lot of ways yeah they're broken you know people navigating a broken world yeah and oftentimes the bible is not doing them any favors right like it's not mm-hmm. painting them in any at a positive light when it could have like it really highlights uh their frailties it highlights their uh the ways they fail their spouses it highlights uh how they aren't good you know they're they're not really that great of people sometimes mm-hmm. yeah um and i think that that matters right because sometimes when we look into like our sunday school lessons or drawing from these stories and a lot of it is like how can we be like these people uh how can we have faith like abraham or uh wrestle with god like jacob but in reality most of their story you're like i don't want it to be anything like these people right. like yeah. these are people that are kind of repulsive in many ways right um and and so i like that the bible are the, you know is not afraid to show the full picture sure. in a sense uh it's not sanitizing uh the story on any level right it's it's really kind of saying yeah this is awful and these people who God is using still do awful things. All right. Um, so his first uh, little highlight here, when sex unravels us. Okay. So basically. Gonna need some context here. Right. Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since most of these kind of sexual events we've already kind of described in yeah. uh, Book of Genesis are traumatic events. Yes. They're, mm-hmm. they're centered on a trauma of some kind. Um, and we can say, you know, that the trauma not only breaks down individuals, they also break down um, communities, sure. uh, social, societal bonds, beliefs, customs. Um, it kind of breaks all those things down. So I think we're highlighting this kind of this, you know, like this this sexual wild, wild west <laughs> is traumatizing the communities of these people. These families are traumatized yeah. from this this uh, these you know, a aggressive, uh, sometimes rape, sex yeah. acts, you know, yeah, like it, it, yeah. they're, they're traumatized by that. Um, and so I think that is a lesson we can draw from uh-huh. and place into our mm-hmm. context of today in that, um, you know, sex acts like the ones depicted in Genesis have the ability not only to traumatize an individual, but traumatize communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's part of that grievance that I mentioned earlier, you know, like if you're, your youth pastor is accused of a sexual act with a 14-year-old. It no longer is just about sure. their relationship and that trauma. It's, it's a trauma for the entire church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think we've seen this, right, especially in churches that have had to deal with sexual trauma. Yeah. It's something that's big. So that's one of the, the ways we kind of can read Genesis. What are our thoughts on that? Agree? Yeah. 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 I mean, I... I I think you've kind of been echoing what we've already been saying, so I'm yeah. I'm fully on board. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the next byline here 
that in sex, there's a taking and giving. Say that again. Taking and giving in sex. Okay. It, in the stories of Genesis, it seems to be about taking. Yeah, sure. We don't, I don't think we get. I I, I hear what this uh, Johnson is saying um, that that sex, right, as an act of as an act of mutual affection between people, right, is an act of taking and giving, right? That yeah. you you have a mutual concern for one another's uh, enjoyment and satisfaction in this process, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a taking and a giving there. Um, that is not the picture that we're getting in Genesis, yeah. right? Uh, we, we get these pictures of people taking things for themselves, which, you know, if we think talk back to our uh, Bible project friends, right? All of these instances of people taking things for themselves, they would point back and say, well, it's all just a replay of the Genesis story when sure. mm-hmm. Adam and Eve take the fruit because they see it's good in their eyes, right? Yeah, so we see something that we want, and so we take it for ourselves yeah. rather than engaging in a mutual act of respect and understanding that God has a plan in place for us and we allow God to interact with us in that we take it for ourselves. And so every time we see this taking of something again, it's a replaying of that story. Yeah, well... We're, we're highlighting it in this section. He wants to highlight the idea that there are times in Genesis um, where we depict women sexually directing their men's bodies and sometimes the bodies of women's under their power for their own sometimes noble purposes. Mm-hmm. So one of the highlights, you know, is Sarai and Abram. You know, they were supposed to have a baby. So I was like, not doing that. Take my take my servant, Hagar. Yeah. You know, she's offering up her servant to uh, her husband, and we're saying this is a good thing. No, okay, okay. all right. Yeah, I, I, I miss. Confused yeah, for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think in a healthy relationship, a taking and giving can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when it's imbalanced, this is where I think we're going to spiral out of control. Yeah, and then we will see that again. Nobody learns their lesson from this. Two generations later, Jacob has yep. two wives, yep. and they're also in kind of a baby-making contest. Yep. And so they're like- With one another. With one another. Uh. And they're like, whenever one is like, I'm not making any babies, I know the Take solution. My yep. Take my handmaid. Let's offer her up. Uh, to you know, Because that, ca- that counts as one of mine. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one of mine <laughs> right. in the contest. Yeah. 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 Well, and I guess here, you know, the taking and the giving- they're taking and giving things that are not theirs to take and give, right? Yes. So Sarai is giving Hagar. She's giving another human, yes, right? Yes, for sure. In, yeah. in a mutual re- relationship, I'm taking and giving of mm. myself and of you, right? Like yeah. we are in, a, in an engaged uh, connection there in that process. And we both have agency over what we take and what we give. Um, here, you are taking someone else and giving someone else. And yes. yeah. their agency, their humanity is removed from that picture. Right. Yeah. Um. Ahead, Elise, you had some I was just going to yeah. mention, I think Sarai in particular was also sort of obsessed with the end goal, right? And not because there's a promise made to her, sure, right? Yeah. And she does not trust this process. And so no. she's yeah, like, well, I'm going to circumvent this. <laughs> circumcise, but that comes later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, she and Abraham are in that together, right? Both of them are like, hey, we're pretty old, right? right. You know, and uh, you know, even by Bible standards, they're pretty old. Yeah. And they're like, uh, this isn't happening. God's yeah. not coming through. And so again, right? We're taking things into our own hands. Right. Oh, we'll, we'll solve this problem, God. Right. Let me take this person that doesn't right. actually have any humanity, and we'll solve it through her. Yeah. Uh, and then one other story that he's going to highlight here that we did not mention in our um, in our thing here. So, Bonus. Uh, oh. yeah. So this is Jacob, Leah, and Rachel. And we have the love, right. the the classic love triangle in Leah and Rachel are sisters. Leah and Rachel are sisters. Yep. Tough. They're yeah. both married to Jacob. Yep. Rachel is really, really pretty. Leah. Oh. Leah. By context is not right. You know, <laughs> Jacob loves Rachel. Leah was the firstborn, so, so Leah gets married first. So he's he, yeah, by he, trickery, right? By yeah. trickery, yeah. Also, all sorts of deceit that happens. Yeah. In this it's, it yeah. honestly is a 
great story. It is. It's yeah. a good story. It's a really, I mean, again, it, these are human beings, so like, it's heartbreaking for, especially Leah in the right. story. Yeah. But um, it is it is a really interesting story in the Bible. But anyway, Leah has Leah's the fertile one. Rachel's uh-huh. the non-fertile one. Right. So <laughs> that's what she's she's got that in her in her will. So her son grows mandrakes. Have you ever had a mandrake? Aren't these in Harry Potter? They're poisonous flowers, aren't they? I don't know. Aren't mandrakes the little things that scream at you and uh, you have to wear I mean, earmuffs they, in Harry Potter? They are, that? but I think they're a legitimate, they're a real thing too. They're a legitimate flower. But I'm pretty yeah. sure they're poisonous. I don't know anything about mandrakes. Okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, Good. This was useful information. Right. So, so Rachel wants some of the mandrakes. Okay. Her, but Leah's son, and so they strike a deal. Great. I'll give you the mandrakes, but when Jacob comes home tonight, he's going to be Leah's for the night. <laughs> oh. So, uh, so okay. in Genesis thirty sixteen, I mean, this is a verse Bible. When Jacob came into the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, "You must come in to me, for I've hired you with my son's mandrakes." Wow. So, again, As one does. Yeah, right. So we have this, you know, again this. Almost prostitution, where yeah, but Jacob is the <laughs> Jacob seemed to really put up a fight with this too. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 Jacob is the is the prostitute in the story, right? Yeah. Like he's the one being sold uh, and bought. Uh, yeah. You know? So I think it, it is kind of that huh. again that flipping, which is interesting, especially in a sure in a different kind in of a different cultural culture, context. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's just I will say Jacob is not the victim in the story as a whole. Like yeah, in, this he's per- fine. in this particular scenario, he's fine. Yes. <laughs> no way. Don't cry for Jacob. <laughs> yeah. Look, I love Jacob. He's my favorite character in Genesis, but he is not a good dude. No. <laughs> he, he's yeah, the he's, pickings are slim in Genesis. Yeah, I, I think he's the most interesting character. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. great. So, um, all right. So his last little point here. Uh, this highlights the importance of sex talk. Oh. Yeah. Like okay, not pillow talk. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I wanted to clarify what we're talking about. Not, yeah, okay, yeah, not listeners. You and your spouse, sweet, sweet nothing, get together <laughs> yeah, yeah. and be like, hey, let's read some Genesis tonight. <laughs> My advice would be, do not do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so like the birds and the bees. Well, not even just the birds and the bees. I think this is how do we have healthy conversations around sex and sexuality? Yeah, from a context of faith. Yeah. Because what, and I, I, I don't know exactly uh, Mr. Johnson's point here, but my guess would be right. Uh, the church has allowed these stories to be buried to say we don't really mm-hmm. want to talk about that because they're weird that, and gross. It's weird and gross. We're yeah. not going to talk about that, and we've set up this hard line boundary that mm-hmm. says don't cross this until mm-hmm. you're married, and then once you're married, everything's going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, everything's not always perfect just because you're married. And not everything always goes as according to plan before that line, mm-hmm. right? And so we have places where people who have horrible things happen to them, trauma, rape, etc., right, are not only, like, victimized and, like, you know, victim blaming and shaming and all that stuff that's horrible and that happens, but they're even told, like, oh, well, you're ruined for marriage now, too, yeah. right? Because of things yeah. that happen to them, because something is taken from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have that stance. And we have stances of kids who, uh, I, don't, I shouldn't say kids, it, 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 yeah, it's not just kids' fault. We have experiences of people who uh, leave that behind and say, well, that's worthless, and so I'm going to just go out and do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want to have what the church has, so I'm going to have no boundaries and no rules, and that's equally dangerous, right? right? Rather than having healthy conversations around sex and sexuality and relationships and meaningful connection with other human beings and using these stories to highlight uh, the problems that happen when we uh, idolize sex and uh, power and uh, all of that over the humanity of another person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that Mr. Johnson's point mm-hmm. is that we need to have those healthy conversations. And these can be a starting point to say, like, 
these are stories that help us see what can go wrong right. when we don't treat other humans with the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Sure. And how do we live then into an ethic which says other human beings are worthy of my utmost respect at right. all phases of a relationship, right? Yep. Whether that's as friends or as uh, a dating couple or as a married couple, that other human being is always worthy, worthy of my love and respect. And mm-hmm. that has different stages. And what does that look like? And how do I engage in that in a healthy way? And how do I value the gift that sex is intended to be um, that is there for our mutual uh, enjoyment and understanding um, without devaluing the other human yep yeah yeah i think it highlights like all of us in the church have our own weird sexual history sure uh and that doesn't necessarily for yourself (laughs) time for the airing of grievances (laughs) well i mean all of us are sexual people Mm -hmm. who have you know experienced kind of like our sex walk in different unique ways and not always has been healthy um and so being able to discuss these things openly and say like the bible discusses it explicitly and openly yeah Mm -hmm. and it kind of shows you this is kind of what happens in a world where like yeah wanton sex gone mad this is what it looks like Mm -hmm. and and the solution is not let's just never talk about those things you know like i i've heard this thing before and i think it was an unhelpful analogy but but I we're gonna try it anyway. Right yeah. here we go. Um, it's basically like in like a fundamentalist culture, you know, like uh, if you are always told you can't eat blank, can't eat blank, can't eat blank, and then that is like revealed to you, like a you know pile of cookies that you're not supposed to eat. What do you want to do? Want to eat the eat cookies? It. Eat the cookies, yeah. right? Like yeah. so, that is not helpful. You're gonna but eat I, all the cookies. Yes. You're not gonna eat just one cookie. You're gonna eat all. Well, because you're gonna taste a cookie yeah. and you're like. That's a really good cookie. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know what a cookie was, but this sure. cookie yeah. is amazing. And also, they might take these cookies away from me. Right. <laughs> so I got to get as many cookies as right. I can before somebody finds me eating yeah. these right. cookies. Yeah. Right. Eat them like the cookie monster where they're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but <laughs> on the flip side, we can say like, yeah, those kids raised in that environment would devour the cookies, but another group would also devour the cookies. And Any those, normal human being. Well, the, uh, well that would be a group, <laughs> well. you know, that would pay like is engaged in gluttony their whole life. Sure. Right. It has no self-control and just see something and they're like, I have to have it mm-hmm. immediately. Right. And so I think, it, you know, Genesis can depict both sides of those spectrums, right? Like, right. and how they both can be damaging yeah. to society and to you as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like no control mm-hmm. over any urges is not the ideal. Right. Yeah. Genesis tell you, this is what it looks like. Yeah. I also feel like we don't do a good job of talking about how there can be people that have a healthy relationship with cookies. Sure. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you are know, some it's like we look at extremes and say, eat right, just, right, yeah. they eat just one cookie and right. they're like, I've had enough cookies. Right. Sure. Yes. I'm and other people look cookies. at the cookies and say, I don't like cookies. Right. Sure. That and exists too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, weirdos don't like cookies, but some <laughs> people don't like cookies, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, it kind of suggests like, it, as can, we, we, can we please use cookies as the as like the? I'm <laughs> waiting for the sermon that you deliver on this at some point. On cookies, on this, on this analogy <laughs> specifically. <laughs> uh, Listen up, Lord of Life. We're going to talk about cookies today. Right. Imagine there's a plate of cookies, and none of you are allowed to have them. <laughs> bring them out. Bring out some cookies. Yeah, there you go. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. Bring that out of the children's sermon. <laughs> Here's uh, a plate of cookies, kids. Yeah. Oh, did I, did I ever tell you all this? When I worked at camp, a guy did kind of use... Oh, God. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, when I worked at camp, we always had bring, bring in a guest pastor sure. for a week. And he always would, like, dangerous. Yeah, and he would like lead like the morning song time message. Oh, I think I've heard this story. Yeah. And so anyway, he got oh. up there and he was like, had this skit that he wrote out that some of our <laughs> staff 
performed. Excellent. And it was about like this woman and her boyfriend wanted to get on this Ferris wheel because it looked awesome. They wanted to ride the Ferris wheel. <laughs> and in the middle of the skit, like another one of our staff members comes up and says, like, hey, I need I left my purse here. Uh, and they're like, oh, what happened? Why'd you leave it here? It's like, oh, my boyfriend got injured on the Ferris wheel and I had to take him to the hospital. <laughs> and then so this is the skit. And then so they woman and her boyfriend go and ride the Ferris wheel. Does he get hurt? No, the, this no, might not uh, be the analogy I thought it was. Skit ins. Okay. And then this pastor, and there are five-year-olds here. <laughs> you know, Excellent. And, and he uh, reads, flee from sexual immorality. Uh-huh. And, he's, and he goes, like, the Ferris wheel represents sex. Right. And you it's all a wanna... Ferris wheel? Yeah, it's a ride. It <laughs> goes around and around and around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's probably a pretty vanilla Ferris wheel. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but anyway, this... And, and he's like, this is what the analogy is for sex, right? Like, you all want to do it. Everybody to, wants to go on the Ferris wheel. You got to ride it at the right time with the right person, basically. Yeah. If you go too early, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> Which is honestly, what? There are five-year-olds here, right. dude. This, <laughs> like, there's a lot wrong with this picture. The fact two, that there are five-year-olds is definitely at the top of the Our list. staff are like, wait, what was I just doing? <laughs> I mean, a Ferris wheel is the most age-inclusive ride he probably could have gone for. <laughs> sure. Every there's five no high requirement for a Ferris wheel. <laughs> Interesting point. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so not great. That is a good example of how not to have a healthy conversation around sex right. and sexuality. Right. Yeah. But it, there are age appropriate ways to have these conversations with our youth and young adults and our families at all stages of our life, right? Yep. Like there's a way to talk mm. to my seven year old about healthy understandings of sex and sexuality. And yep. it doesn't mean a Ferris wheel analogy and it doesn't mean here's a plate of cookies that you can never have right but there is a way to say like what's your body and what's someone else's body and what does it mean for our body to be sacred and loved by God and sure. created by God mm-hmm. and what does it mean for someone else's body to be loved and created by God and, and like there are ways to have that conversation and there are ways to do that with teenagers and 20 year olds and people who are in their 40s and who are single and people who are in their 40s who are divorced and you know there's ways to have that conversation at all stages of life yeah. because we <laughs> are in one way or another all of us are sexual beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that looks different maybe for all of us, right? There are maybe some people who say, we'll go back to the cookie analogy, right? There are some people who can't get enough. There are some people who have just one. There are some people who never want a cookie. But all of us have a relationship with this fact that a cookie exists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And acting as if that's not true is just doing a disservice to the creation that we are. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of language, I think, in psychology today. And I'm not you know, a therapist or a psychologist. I know your wife is Patrick. Um, but you play well on TV. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of language about being sex positive, right? And sure. I think maybe the church can draw from some of that. And yeah. that I think that a proactive and positive conversation is always going to be better in the long term sure. than a negative or reactionary conversation. Right. Yeah. And I think once that ethic of what does it mean for, you know, my body and what I do with it to be important. What does it mean for somebody yes. else's body and what they do with it to be important? Once that is in place, I'd be way less worried about the details yeah. of what is or isn't happening yeah, because I, that ethic sure. is there, right? Sure. I, I think that's helpful. I think the the fear on the part of the church, which is not necessarily helpful, but the fear on the part of the church is that when we say things like a sex positive conversation, <laughs> we assume that it's like we're handing out here, condoms. Here's yeah. all the great things that happen, kids. Right. And yeah. let's here's go. Banana. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe what happens when I eat this cookie? Oh my goodness. Right. Uh, yeah. Sure. And so that, that's the hesitation. That's right. not what that means. Right. right? Let's be cl- like, uh, or at least it's not what it has to mean. Right? right. You can have positive encounters and positive experiences about our our sex and sexuality and healthy boundaries and healthy relationships you can have all of those things without it being fear-mongering right without it being 
uh, you know, setting up walls that say never cross this. And, right. you know, there's the, what's that shadowy place over there? Never go there, Simba. Right. You know, we can't do it. Yeah, you're up. welcome. <laughs> uh, right. So we can do that in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Simba. the book of Genesis is also not. Well, we got through that weird sex time, done. and then we're done. <laughs> Never have to talk about weird sex again. Right? It's it, it just Here goes back. Here comes Exodus <laughs> again and again and again in yep. the Bible. Um, it, it's it's always going to be a its presence there. So it's not just like in this lawless wild land where Abraham is kind of figuring things out as he goes. Like in the nation of Israel, they have like weird sex stuff. Yeah, and um, you know, uh. these things these things happen, and so we have to acknowledge like they're not happening also in our community yep. you know in our right. nations your neighbor might have weird sex stuff well our, our um, yep our our national response to like sex affects us right and, yep. and when there's trauma there it affects all of us yeah and so we need to how do we heal how do we protect and uh, how do we discuss those things in a healthy way matter yeah um and i think the bible the, the, the great thing about bible including these things is it's saying we are not afraid of these hard, traumatic, difficult stories. Sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the church is afraid of those hard, traumatic, difficult stories because we're like, those are, should just be about putting animals on a little boat. Yeah. That, that's fun. <laughs> yep. And not about what's going on in this weird, drunken, yeah. you know, um, naked night. Yeah. You know? personally, personally, I think we should tell the Noah's Ark story less to little kids. Mm-hmm. But For sure. That's just... Well, I mean, it involves the wiping out of a civilization. Right. So. Yeah. Like, the fact that you like, we, like paint our kids nurseries with like a boat with a couple animals and ignore the fact that under that water is right. like all of humanity right, right. Like, include you know. the caskets right <laughs> yeah, include, come on include dead people in the water right, right. at least be accurate right. in your depiction yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah. all right once we talk about noah and dead people in the water we probably get reached so. the end of the line right. yeah. i think this is a good place to stop yeah okay well, thank you all. If you enjoyed this podcast, we've got some other uh, episodes in the past about sex and sexuality. You can go back and look those up. You can find all of our episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, what you think about this conversation or any of our others. Uh, you can email us. I am checking the email. We're getting mostly <laughs> spam, so we'd love to get some real uh, email at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.